Ooh, I kind of like it. Gets me excited. I want to start a riot. Over the Scarlet Opera, today's guests on the Music Universe podcast. Buddy, 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 buddy. Yes, it is. They open their show with it. I We rarely do any more newer artists. We get pitched mm-hmm. new artists all the time. They're signed. They have management. And it, it, it really gets hard to see through the barrage of emails with some of these newer artists as journalists. So anybody that's thinking of becoming a music journalist, know that if your platform starts getting attention, you will get pitched to a lot of people. But there was an email that came through my inbox uh, from the people at Republic, actually the new artist incubator, and it said the Scarlet Opera. And I flipped out because I had been following the Scarlet Opera since before they were the Scarlet Opera. They were a band called Perta uh, from mm-hmm. 2016 to about 2020 when COVID hit. Uh, the reason I've been following it, uh, at, at them as a group, is the lead singer, Luca Bazulka, who, um, if you read the Wikipedia, the Wikipedia does say this, so I am going to say this, changed his name from Matthew. Uh, we went to school together and we kind of got teased when I was a freshman because we were the two MBs in the theater department. And uh, we went to high school together at a performing arts high school in Lehigh Valley. And he was a very dramatic kid, an incredible actor. So when Scarlet Opera blows up and he blows up as a lead singer and he gets film and television roles and gets offered those things, he's going to nail it. I'm telling you. Yeah. Uh, just an incredible all around talent. But uh, the band as a whole were amazing. There was a song called From Fire that I I remember very clearly the first time I heard it. I was uh, at my grandmother's house and uh, I was on Facebook. I saw them and I listened to it and I just flipped. It was amazing. And then they disappeared for a couple of years. It came back as the Scarlet Opera, signed to Republic mm-hmm. on the Late Late Show with James Corden and on their first ever headlining club tour and I just flipped out even more because I'm so proud of Luca and I'm so proud of that group I've been in touch with their keyboardist and and uh, I guess you could say band leader and former manager now that they have a formal team uh Colin Kenrick uh ever since and we've we've kind of kept up communication and I'm just so excited to see what they've been doing I guarantee you in a year's time you're going to be seeing them all over the place and it was so cool to get to talk to them about their new EP comedy, about having just wrapped the tour, and about being on that precipice of becoming rock stars who are rock stars full time. This was a really cool interview. Luca, Colin, Justin, uh, Chance, uh, and everybody with the and uh, everybody and Daniel, of course, here. Everybody with the Scarlet Opera, welcome to the Music Universe podcast. How are you, gentlemen? It's so good to see you. We're doing Great. really well. Great. Thanks for having us. Congrats on all of this success uh, for 2022, 2023. This is real awesome. We have, we'll have mentioned this in the intro, but Luca, you and I went to high school together. You were two years ahead of me. And mm-hmm. I want to start with you because I knew you as a very theatrical person. You and right. I were both uh, theater majors. But was this rock star always sort of bubbling beneath the surface? Oh man, I I don't know. I don't know. I think I was always sort of doing music um, on the side, um, but I, I I didn't really start songwriting 
for myself um, until like, uh, at least seriously until post-college. So I think the theatrics kind of lend a hand, lent a hand into what we're doing now. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, seeing, seeing your show a week ago from the time we're recording this, um, you guys have it down. You guys have it down. <laughs> well, we were fortunate. That was the last show. You, you caught the last show of the tour. <laughs> we were able to, you know, figure out the kinks. How did that feel coming off your first headlining tour in support of the EP comedy? How did that, how did that feel? I mean, phenomenal. We had the time of our lives. I think we had been waiting to go on tour for so long. The anticipation was killing us and we ended up enjoying and soaking up every second that we could. And now we're just looking to go back out on the road (laughs) as soon as possible. Yes, yeah. it's the in between time that kills you. It's not so much the road; it's the it's the quiet moments between. Mm. Yeah, because um, Colin, I believe you were telling me that telling us um, you actually drove from San Francisco to what Anaheim or San Diego, and then back to LA to finish the tour. Yeah, the last three shows were three in a row, so we finished the show in San Francisco and drove. Chance drove through the night. Um, to we got to our beds in LA about eight, yeah. Drop off the RV, yeah. 8 a.m. We got home, slept for a couple hours, and then around one or two, we uh drove down to Anaheim. And then the next night, we were in LA, so yeah, three in a row. That's, That's the rock star lifestyle, though. <laughs> okay, so I gotta go to chance uh, putting your body through that and then getting up and, and playing uh, two shows in the in the time span of that how did you how did that feel for you it felt good i was sick what kind of am i don't know what's happening with me but um <laughs> um in general it was good i was kind of on a high post sf and just was ready to rock and had some cold brew and he was very delirious I, yeah he was, was it was quite was frightening and it was like some beautiful silence on the five just cruise control and darkness Fantastic. <laughs> yeah <laughs> no it was, it was good um and then yeah obviously it was just inertia going into santa Ana and la um i felt good i was stoked i had energy and then right after LA, it was bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> well, Colin, I want to go to you for a second. We'll, we'll get to the EP here in a minute. But the formation of the band is very, um, very interesting to me because I've been a fan since the beginning because, Luca, we're friends on Facebook. So I saw all the stuff that you were posting. So, But I know that, Colin, you saw Luca do a solo set and you said, let's do a band around Luca and his creative process and all of that. So talk about the genesis of the idea for the original idea for Scarlet Opera all the way back in 2016. Sure. The thing I always go back to is when I saw Luca doing his thing, he was doing a solo set at a show I was actually putting on for different artists. Um, The joke I used to make to him was like, I felt like I saw the biggest rock star in the world and nobody else knew it at the time. Um, So basically that night, Um, I approached him. I said, I'd love to take him out for drinks, whatever it was. And I got a voice memo of him singing, I think, that night. I think I literally had you sing in the phone or you sent me a Skittles. Yeah, I sent you. Yeah, like that night. And then the next day I called Daniel and Justin 
And I just said, hey, I met this kid. I think my line was, I want to start a super group with you guys. Because we were all in different bands at the time and we've never played together. So I was like, I want to start a super group with you. And then Chance came basically into the picture later. Him and I were working at an office job together. Like we were working as assistants in an office. And I would see this kid and his computer working on music at lunch. And then I saw his other band and he's an exceptional guitar player. And I just said, please come to our show, see what we do. And after the first show, I just asked him to join the band and the rest was history. It's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Luca, did you expect to sort of be discovered while yep. in sort of this college environment? Well, I mean, it was post-college and, and to really? be honest, wow. uh, yeah, it was it, very, very soon after college, actually. So, you know, I was doing that solo project um, and it was coming to an end. We were uh, wrapping an EP that we released and it was okay. <laughs> but, um, you know, I was offered that slot to open up for my friend's band who Colin was trying to manage at the time. And that's when um, I ran into him. And I, I don't I don't know if it felt like being discovered as much as it was like finding a friend who was able to uh, introduce me to musicians because I had not really had too many musician friends, you know, studying theater and being in the theater world. Um, I knew a lot of actors, which were useless to me. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and when he introduced me to these guys and some of his other friends as well, I just, I knew right away that I wanted to be with Daniel and Justin and Colin. And then eventually Chance came on. And I remember one of the first things he sent me was this like, uh, horn arrangement um, that he wanted to put on from fire for the live shows and he sent it like you know that he had just played on um, uh, Pro Tools I think um, oh, it was just like yeah it was he just sent I was like at a laundromat and I heard that and I like I like screamed in the middle of the laundromat because I was like that's what we've been missing you know and I think it was just um, a, a foreshadow of the theatrics and the cinematic elements that chance um so lovely brings to our shows i mean you guys saw the way that we you know start the shows comes with like a symphony orchestra warming up that turns into people bickering which was danny's idea um so we really you know we've really got it all here in, in house <laughs> yeah, i love it now on uh matt introduced me to you guys in one of our many vegas trips where he'll fly from dc to bakersfield we i'll drive the four hours to vegas we'll annoy each other and we'll play new music for each other and I instantly thought of, my God, you guys are, you know, not not to compare, but you guys are a lot like Queen, you know, the theatrics, the the music. How have you guys evolved from when you first got together as um, Perda to now as you're the Scarlet Opera and releasing comedy? Yeah, I mean, we were, I think, musically somewhat all over the place, which worked for us for a while. I think a lot of people... Uh, especially in the early, early days, even if the songs weren't like totally concise, saw the potential in the songs. And during the pandemic, we had a real opportunity to pull our sound together and, 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 and pull the best out of each other. Um, David Stewart was a huge help in doing that and shaping what you're hearing today in our music today. But, um, you know, I think the one thing across the board that everybody you know, notated was just like lean, lean into the theatrics of it all. And uh, that just came sort of easily. So we get the queen comparison a lot, Scissor Sisters, The Killers, um, just sort of any kind of band that's very glam and want, you know, like high energy, you know? And so I think uh, 
it's you know it's wonderful and i hope that we both pave our own way in this uh, genre yes. to show and how much we've shifted go- from what we started as when i pitched chance on the band to get him to join my pitch was adele meets parliament funkadelic mm-hmm. and as you can tell in the music there's a dramatic shift away from what that was initially right well, but I can I can understand the Adele thing in, in Luca's vocals and in some of those early instrumentations. Uh, real quick, because I know I know that there's been a rebranding and and you're focusing on comedy and Colin. We talked about this a little bit, but I have to talk about From Fire before we get to comedy because there was a moment at Baby's All Right where I was standing in the back with our friends from high school and. Nobody knew the words to any of those songs. Please don't take offense when I say that. You guys were new. From from Fire starts, and Luca, I'll never forget it. It's one of my top five highlights as a music journalist. You are, and they're right in. The audience is right in there with you. They start singing it back to you, and you were totally unexpected, not expecting it. You went, ooh, hello, words. It was (laughs) beautiful. Take me back to that moment and and how taken aback you were that that was the moment I realized you knew that we knew your music. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'll never forget that moment. I feel like a lot of um, singer-songwriters, specifically singer-songwriters, have that moment. And I just, I guess I didn't, I I, I expected it, but I didn't expect to it, uh, expect it at the, um, at the, uh, energy level that it was given to me, um, the scream singing back to me. And um, there's nothing like it. I think on this tour uh, specifically, it was wild to have five songs out um, that people were singing back to us. And also now getting more intricately, like the certain lyrics that people um, scream even harder than the other ones, you know, like I owe oh me, oh my, I live, I die. Um, usually people like really embody that when they're singing it back to us. Um, it's, it's, it's unreal. And it's, it's beautiful because you spend so much time. I've written hundreds of songs at this point. Um, and you know, when it's your stories and your words, um, and ideas that you're trying to get across to people and you're realizing that they're resonating, I think that's just a very emotional um, beautiful thing when you know you're just a stupid little clown on a stage and you you know all of a sudden you're saying things that are resonating with people it's really wonderful really is let's talk about comedy and in the press conference that you did that I was lucky enough to attend uh thank you republic you talked about comedy and and sort of telling this really wonderful story on comedy and you do it really well talk about the process of whittling down two five songs uh, for comedy and for that release to tell that story. I think would have been eight if it was up to us. What would have been eight if it was up to us? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, no, I, I, we wanted to make sure we gave a body of work, especially since we only we uh, as you know the Scarlet Opera. We didn't have any music out. We wanted to make sure it was um, easily uh, digestible amount of music. So we only, I think when we had written with David had a, an option of what nine songs to choose from. I think it was seven actually. Was and it maybe seven? Even less, yeah. So yeah. It, it, whittling it down didn't take too long. And I think we didn't set out to, to, to have an arc of a story um, this time anyway. Um, so the title comedy um, actually Justin had come up with because we had thrown around a couple of ideas. And when he said comedy, it like hit a bell 
in my head for me. And all of a sudden, everything, the, the arc of the story kind of made complete sense to me. Um, and then I wanted to go down a rabbit hole of Commedia dell'arte. And then he, they said nobody would be able to pronounce that. So, it, <laughs> so we stuck with comedy. Oh, um, Chris Morris. I'm glad that we did. But it's accessible. And also, I think it, like, it evokes a certain uh, emotion. What, what you think you're going to, you know perceive when you listen to this music is is a bunch of laughter and you do get that because it's whimsical and it's silly especially in riot you know um i'm getting turned on by somebody's mother and then <laughs> if you listen to the lyrics a little bit deeper you realize that there's a lot of trial and tribulation there's a lot of like youthful um artistic endeavors that and failures um and i think also there's a romance in all of that failure that i hope that we um captured i i, I think we captured so really did yeah. and I just go ahead buddy yeah I was gonna say it really captured live on stage I mean ev everybody was just crammed in there I know the tour was sold out uh, so we were lucky enough to get to see it and uh, right up close and personal in an LA club and um, I, I don't know if maybe there were 300 people but they were all I know singing right back to you guys so you guys have really really nailed sold that, out uh, nailed that it was but a you, wild time it, it really was. I I want to point something out that you probably can explain this because I'm sure people were coming to multiple shows, but there were people singing along to songs you haven't released. I've never seen that with a new band. It was incredible. TikTok, TikTok, TikTok yeah. you know, we, we, we've released some like live, um, you know, rehearsal recordings of, ah. uh, of them on TikTok and uh, Giovanni and Little Bit of Love. Um, mm -hmm. Oh my God! Yeah, that Giovanni specifically blew my mind because we've only like released the chorus of that one, and and um, yeah, people are people are you know loving it. I have a feeling wonderful. people from the first batch of shows we did on tour, they were recording and posting things, and people who came to our final show kind of digested and got a little bit of a taste of what what's there, and maybe they latched onto a few a few things. So it was pretty wild. Yeah. When I go see an artist, especially if it's a newer artist, I try to, I, I, in the recent years have started being, doing a deep dive on all of their work. I want to know everything because it is, it is quite nice to, to, to know, you know, the discography of the artist when you get there, it feels like you're really can then be a part of the community of the room and who's there in the audience. So I think that's sort of what people are doing and now TikTok has given an opportunity for people to really latch on to just snippets of unreleased things which is wonderful you know I hadn't thought about that as um as a tool but it seems to be working yeah well we know you guys just wrapped the tour you're you're promoting comedy any future plans you guys can share with us like what is immediate for you guys <laughs> maybe <something. laughs> I don't know I don't think well, there's, there's future there's future touring in the works and we're just kind of finalizing that. That's a great. But uh, <laughs> other than that, yeah, that's a great way to. That's a great way to. Yeah, there's plans. Stay there's tuned plans. The yeah, there you <laughs> go. Yeah. More music, more shows. Yeah, well, how about more music? How about an LP or a second EP? Uh, what's the timeline in terms of of even more from you guys well, coming off of comedy? Unfortunately, I don't think we can give it necessarily a timeline. It's sooner than later, though. That's for sure. Um, it, it, is, it will be another EP. Um, mm -hmm. So that we can confirm to say um, it'll sort of I'm we're hoping that and it's shaping up to be right now um, to be, a, you know, a complimentary 
um, EP to comedy. So fantastic. Justin, I want to talk to you for just a second. You're the drummer, buddy's uh, a drummer. And I, you know, it was really noticeable in LA, the, the, the sort of rock beat behind all of this wonderful pop music. Talk about your contribution and uh, in the recording and then also live uh, what you've been seeing, you know, sitting behind all the guys and, and, and seeing these concerts night after night. Yeah, no, it's, it's an interesting perspective. Um, I kind of observe, I'm kind of an observer when I play because mm -hmm. um, I have a lot of these songs. They're, they're in my bones now, you know, I know them. So I'm always trying to improve my parts, but a lot of times I'm just trying to hear what's going on and how we can kind of sync up in moments better and how each show can improve upon the next. And I guess as far as my approach, it's, it's really steady. I mean, I love Ringo Starr. I love Charlie Watts. I love, I love people who just provided exactly what the music called for. And I think in the studio, it's, it's definitely a collaboration with, our, with the band, but also with our producer. So a lot of times it's pretty carved out and you're given, you know, there's a certain fill that it calls for. And I'm given, you know, leeway to develop a, a specific moment. And it might just be for two seconds. But other than that, um, I think live is where I can kind of branch out and really have fun with stuff, change it a bit. You know, it's, it's exciting. I mean, both are rewarding, but I think in the live capacity, you have full freedom. Um, so it's inspiring. And Daniel, how about you on the bass? How about me on the bass? Well, what was the yeah. question? <laughs> just, you know, sort of what Justice said, contribution, <laughs> the process for you and, and, and live versus studio recording. Um, in the studio, it's definitely about, similar to Justin's point of give the song exactly what it needs mm -hmm. uh, and keeping it steady and keeping everything cohesive. I think bass has a pretty amazing thing that like you don't really always notice that it's there but you definitely notice when it's gone mm -hmm. and right. sp yeah. specifically in our records i the bass and the parts exemplify that element of it live game on <laughs> i i do whatever i want in in the context of you know what we all agree upon as as a unit each instrument has its role and we don't, you know, go ape for nothing. But I think that the bass, I like at least live for me, it's such an underrated, unheard, unseen instrument that when it has its specific moments, it can steal the moment in mm -hmm. such a cool way that I don't know. I just, I feel such a connection with my instrument that I just can't, even really explain it's and check the instrument <laughs> yeah, it, is. it is and chance live you did uh you had your moment uh to shine with uh, believe which was a total shock to me and a, and a highlight of the show can you talk about how that found its way into the set um we were doing a britney spears cover of lucky in that, <laughs> of course. In that in that same yes in that same context of just Luca and myself, and that was a hit for some time. And then we wanted to find another one with that same vibe and believe was tried and it worked. And um, we've 
been doing it for a while. We, yeah. we usually, when it's just Chance and I, we yeah. usually try to reference like Jeff Buckley, just that kind of yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. You, you know, that very like sentimental, um, feminine, you know, um, energy between him and I. Wonderful. I got two last questions for you. One that we can cut if, if your team doesn't like it. But uh, you mentioned in the pre- in the press conference uh, this this re- and it was really interesting because you opened up about doing the band, but also having day jobs. And I'm wondering if with all the success with D- James Corden and and all of the success and being signed, if the day jobs are still a part of your routine or if you are now 100 percent with music and, and I've been fortunate to move in that direction. We, uh, it's, it, we're still at the day jobs. Um, I had work last night. Um, <laughs> wow. It's definitely getting harder to be there. Um, <laughs> I was talking to my friends about this actually and how, um, you know, I think earlier on when we started this band, it was easier to be there because it was just like, that's what everyone's doing. And that's what it is. But now that things are taking off when we're really busy um, and we're starting to feel like the power of the music moving um, us, you know, further to more opportunities, it is getting harder to be there. But I, I will say the people that at least Colin and I work with are really lovely and we really enjoy them. Um, but, you know, we're ready to go. And I think it's not too much longer. Um, I, I, I say that to highlight what it's like to be right there receiving the accolades and, and you're almost ready to make that jump. And here it comes. But you guys are working your butts off both on music and to make a living. And I think it's incredible. Really, really. Someone, someone told us one time there was going to be this, I think it was even our lawyer, actually. There's this <laughs> uncomfortable moment in, in any music career. And like coming from the outside, and we thought when we started doing this, we're like, oh, you get these certain points and then it, you're just there. And the, they said, no, you're not at the hard part yet. The hard part is when you're so busy, you can't actually work, but you're not actually making enough money to like sustain yourself as a band. And we're almost firmly in that place where we're about to be too busy to be able to have day jobs, but not exactly raking in cash at the same time. So that's, and that's, it's a balance. And that's honestly, I think where the five of us have been able to like help each other. Cause I don't, if I were going this alone, I don't know how I feel, but I have four other people that I can like lean on and commiserate with and be like, yeah, "Yeah, man, it's tough, but we're going to figure it out because it's our dream. And we've worked too hard to get this far to not make it happen. Amen. Yeah. I've, I've and, been there with a group living in an RV in Northridge. <laughs> wasn't fun. Too close to home. Northridge and an RV. That's way too close to home. <laughs> no. Awesome. And I, I, my last question, then I'll let Buddy wrap this. But I'm asking this purely as a fan who's been there from the beginning, who was thrilled to get the email that uh, things were blowing up for you guys. Is From Fire going to return? live <laughs> live i think so we've talked about it and we all want it and i we you know you're not the only one who's inquired about it and i i think it's a nice little nod to where we come from and um and you know it's good for the people like yourself who have been there from the beginning so um it's a cool cover song yeah <laughs> uh, <which> is- <laughs> chance has some work to do on the arranging front but besides uh, that yes. yeah well <laughs> and buddy any last questions well, yeah, I mean, um, you know, best of luck and uh, any perhaps uh, surprise cover songs we might be able to see next time that you guys can spill or is that just going to, we're just going to have to wait and see you guys. Just have to wait and see. I like that. Surprise, so. surprise. <laughs> and like not that. because we haven't planned it yet. And not because we haven't rehearsed it. <laughs> well, maybe I we'll get it. a Britney Spears 
share mashup. Who knows? Wow. Who knows? Might be a Tina Turner. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> or Tina Turner songs. Yeah. Please. I love that. Really All right. System of a down. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love it. Thank you for sharing your story. The EP is comedy. It is amazing. Everybody, please go listen to it. Download it. Buy it. Go to the scarletopera.com. Uh, get their merch because you are supporting one of the biggest emerging bands. I've only seen one other artist who's a newer artist uh, get the kind of reaction that you guys get live. So uh, really, you guys are on your way up. It's a rocket ship. I cannot wait to see you ride it even, even higher. Thank you, thank you, thank you, gentlemen. And uh, we really appreciate your time. Thank, thank you, you guys. Thank you so we much. appreciate you. Thank you. So there was an opener at the show. You know, I almost asked him about it, but I didn't. I, I didn't ask know. him what the hell that was. <laughs> it was some burlesque show. <laughs> and obviously, because Luca mentioned it turns into, the orchestra turns into bickering. So I think they were touring with them. And they had a manager that kept coming out going, do more, do more, because they weren't ready yet. And it was this burlesque show, and it kind of set the mood, and it was very unique. And I made you stand there, and you hadn't been to a club in years. Watch this show. Here comes all these gay people, and you're not really from a big city, so so yeah. not that you have anything against gay people. He's one of the most loving people you'll ever meet. But it was a culture shock for you, and I'm just... <laughs> laughing my butt off at you experiencing this for the first time because i said to you after the show i said there were so many gay people there it was fabulous but i said to you afterwards i said i don't need to take you to a gay bar anymore and and that is the the because i would teasing, go but i know but i'd been teasing you that i was going to take you have, to a gay bar in new york but i i but i say that to say this the music is unapologetically queer but accessible to everybody. And that is what I love about it because it doesn't matter pronouns. It doesn't matter if he's talking about somebody's mother turning him on. It gets to something very personal that you can identify with and rock out to or cry to or whatever you want. And I just hope that next time I see him live, they do from fire, darn it. This is my favorite song. And it's probably in my top 10 favorite pop songs of all time. That's how much I love it. And I would say, I didn't get to say this in the interview, but but I'm not fawning because I'm in shock that my my high school buddy's a rock star. I Had I discovered them and discovered their music organically, I'd be just as excited. I really think what they're doing is really good. And, and, and I think you'll understand when I say this, in a world where, and then I'll let you talk because I know I'm going on for a while, uh, in a see this it's it's his website but i give him permission to talk um yeah and my daughter gives me permission to go to events uh no that's uh well we won't go there uh, <laughs> uh but in a world where pop music is being continually defined by more and more computerization there's this great instrumentation that they can do live and yes, there might be some looping or whatever live, but you can even take that away. And you have five incredibly talented guys who can just rock out. And I think we need more of that. Really, I, I really think that's the magic to it. We do. And um, they all each had their own shining moments on stage. And uh, I'm not one to show, I mean, you know, you've been to countless concerts with me and countless more coming up. I don't show a whole lot of emotion usually. There's 
couple concerts I I have, but um, for new artists, I don't, you know, like, like you said at the beginning, we don't, you know, get to cover a lot of because of just the barrage of them. And when you find the ones that just have it, you, you know, Mm -hmm. and then you you pursue every avenue to support their career and i'm i'm glad we did because um as you heard in the interview they they're just getting started i mean they they're on that superstar path and uh, i i think you're going to hear i think you're going to be seeing them in the next couple of years appearing at all these different festivals because you know you have bands that appear at every festival that is out there whether oh it's yeah coachella's festival, in their future coachella yeah Coachella um a bunch of them so I I can see them uh really taking that to the next level sooner much sooner than later because they just have that that it factor whatever that is they have it. they have the stage presence they have the songs they have the musicianship and I was really impressed by them I mean I've heard some of the music and you know sometimes the studio work is overproduced but you go see them live and it's more raw and it's got more energy and that that's kind of what did it for me for them so um you know those those vegas trips where you've been playing their music and i'm kind of griping at you for touching my radio and not letting me listen to series xm paid off at this point <laughs> well the reason the reason and this is just a tangent the reason i do that is because sometimes series xm as great as they are will play the same five artists on the channel or five songs over and over and it's like okay let me show you what i've been listening to and then you'll do the yeah. same too so um you know and then we play this game between the two of us where we'll go seeing them seeing them not seeing them seeing them seeing them so uh and usually and we've seen everybody most of them the two of us. i just you know if i get five in a row i just hang my head in shame like i've been to too many concerts <laughs> well but, every time garth comes on we lost count how many so right it's so a fun game though it it is and and i will say i'm glad you went with me i'm glad i because you were like they better be as good as you're saying and i'm like trust me and you trusted me i put you in an environment that just was so much fun to watch you i was a little uncomfortable to. but it was fun but it was fun so uh that's it watch out for the scarlet opera the ep is called comedy you can get it wherever you listen to your music uh follow the scarlet opera on socials go like i said at the end of the interview go to their website if you listen to their music and you love their music buy their merch i went in knowing and i don't want to sound like some sort of band savior but i, I went in knowing that on a, on a small tour like this the take is, is going to be a little small so i said i'm buying everything they have and we did we we got their shirts so um you got a shirt and a hoodie yep and that hoodie's and, uh, so comfortable yeah. you had them <laughs> sign the the shirt and uh i i believe you got special plans for that i think you're gonna shadow yes. box it and display yes. it so that's pretty cool because i have every belief that they're gonna just be huge so keep an eye out on them follow them on socials listen to the music and we will keep bringing you the very best whether or not they are new established legends you know you can find it all right here on the music universe podcast and themusicuniverse.com i'm matt bailey and I'm Buddy on. Thanks for listening and watching. Be sure to check us out at themusicuniverse.com and follow us on socials at the Music Uni and uh, like, subscribe, and share at uh, tmupod.com. Take care. <laughs>